Peace be with you. We have some announcements this morning, and I'm going to bring up a professional. Uh, Daryl, would you come forward and uh, give us a recap about our congregational meeting yesterday? Appreciate it. People in the back can't hear me, so uh, it was really a very, very simple meeting. We had a quorum, of course. Uh, the minutes for the meeting will be approved by the council at our next meeting. Uh, we elected both Bob Fry and uh, DeForest uh, Jones over there for, uh, for new members of the council, uh, and we're very happy with that. That puts us one up from what we've had in the past. We've been six, now we're up to seven, so, uh, because uh, as we know, Randy is stepping down. He's got uh, outside interests that are gonna be taking over. Uh, we announced that, uh, yeah, Susan is, uh, was elected by the council uh, the week before to be the treasurer again. The uh, budget was unanimously passed. It was a very good budget. If you don't know, you haven't seen the budget, uh, we can definitely get you a copy. But they've been published for the last couple, three weeks, so I think everybody should have seen it by now, I would hope. And uh, that's pretty much it. Uh, we talked a little about, and I will mention this to people that might not have been there, we are looking into uh, the possibility of putting solar power onto the building here. And uh, that's going to come up again here another week or two. I need everybody to think about this and pray about it if you can. It's going to probably take direct donations from everybody to try and make this happen. And it's a lot of money. It's $46,000. Sounds like a lot of money. In reality, for what we're getting, the bang for our buck, I think, is very, very good. And over the long run, I think it's going to save our church a lot of money. So uh, the lifetime on that is expected to be somewhere between 20 and 30 years with uh, minimal upkeep, and uh, within nine and a half years it'll be paid for. So after that, it's just pure gain for the church. And uh, as you all know or may not know, our electric bills are rather high here. So uh, it's something we need everybody to think about a little bit. So that's pretty much it. Uh, we had a little round of applause for our pastor, of course. He's, uh, I want to tell everybody here again that I don't know what we do without Pastor Ken and and uh, and all of you guys. So, thank you very much. Thank you, Daryl. We did uh, have a a really uh, it was a special meeting yesterday, and and from the start to the finish, uh, I was grateful for you all uh, that were there, and even you know those that weren't either. But uh, it was uh, just a testimony to God putting many different people with many different gifts together to form the body of Christ. And it was lovely. And again, I thank you, and it is my great pleasure to be your called and ordained servant of Christ. Thank you for that. I want to just bring your attention to the bulletin here, and I will point out one thing um, that's near and dear to our family and that is uh, next Saturday is a celebration of life for my mother-in-law who passed away. 
Catherine Ann McCraw, known as Kay. We will have a memorial service here at 11 o'clock on Saturday, and as family, you are all invited, and we'd love to see you, and we do covet your prayers during this tender, tender time. So thank you, and at this point, let's stand and let's sing as unto the Lord. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open and all desires are known, and from whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name, Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth 
is not in us. But if we confess our sins, Let us confess our sins to God, our Father, most merciful God. Almighty God in his mercy has given his son to die for you and for his sake he forgives you all of your sins and as your called and ordained servant of Christ and by his authority I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all of your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house, and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. This is the feast of victory for our God. Alleluia.
The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Almighty God and everlasting God, who governs all things in heaven and on earth, mercifully hear the prayers of your people and grant us your peace through all our days. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. You may be seated. Good morning. The first reading this morning is from Isaiah, chapter 62, verses 1 through 5, and can be found in your pew Bible on page 1159. Isaiah 62, 1 through 5. For Zion's sake, I will not keep silent. For Jerusalem's sake, I will not remain quiet until all her vindications shine out like the dawn, her salvation like a blazing torch. The nations will see your vindication and all kings your glory. You will be called by a new name that the mouth of the Lord will bestow. You will be a crown of splendor in the Lord's hand, a royal diadem in the hand of your God. No longer will they call you deserted or name your land desolate, but you will be called Hephzibah and your land Beulah. For the Lord will take delight in you, and your land will be married. As a young man marries a young woman, so will Builder marry you. As a bridegroom rejoices over his bride, so will your God rejoice over you. We will read Psalm 128 responsibly, which will be printed in your bulletin. Psalm 128. Blessed are all who fear the Lord, who walk in obedience to him. Your wife will be like a fruitful vine within your house. Your children will be like olive shoots around your table. May the Lord bless you from Zion. May you see the prosperity of Jerusalem all the days of your life.
The epistle is from 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 1 through 11, and can be found in the Pew Bible on page 1785. First Corinthians 12, 1 through 11. Now about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters. I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, somehow or another, you were influenced and led astray to mute idols. Therefore, I want you to know that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus be cursed. And no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord there are different kinds of working, but all of them and in everyone is the same God at work. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge by the means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing. And by them, to another, a message of knowledge by the same Spirit. And to another, miraculous powers, to another, prophecy, to another, distinguishing between spirits, to another, speaking in different kinds of tongues, and to still another, the interpretation of the tongues. All these are work of the one and the same Spirit, and he distributes them each to one, just as he determines. Here ends the reading. This is the word of the Lord. The gospel reading this morning is from St. John chapter 2, verses 1 through 11, and can be found in the Pew Bible on page 1648. Glory to you, Lord. John 2, verses 1 through 11. On the third day, a wedding took place in Cana in Galilee, and Jesus' mother was there, and Jesus and his disciples had also been invited 
to the wedding. When the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said to him, They have no more wine. Woman, why do you involve me? Jesus replied. My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, Do whatever he tells you. Nearby stood six stone water jars, the kind that were used by the Jews for ceremonial washing, and each holding from 20 to 30 gallons. Jesus said to the servants, fill the jars with water. And so they filled them to the brim. Then he told them, now draw some out and take it to the master of the banquet. And they did so. And the master of the banquet tasted the water that had been turned into wine. He did not realize where it had come from, though the servants who had drawn the water, well, they knew. Then he called the bridegroom aside and said, everyone brings out the choice wine first, and then the cheaper wine after the guests have had too much to drink. But you, you have saved the best until now. And what Jesus did here in Cana of Galilee, Galilee was the first of the signs through which he revealed his glory, and his disciples believed in him. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Please pray with me. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Has anyone here been to a wedding before? Yeah? Anything kind of funny happen, Adam? Let me give you some, uh, some examples. Um, oftentimes, if you have little ring bearers, they are a source of joy, are they not? At one point, I heard a story of a, of a pastor proclaiming that you may now kiss the bride, and the little ring bearer reached over and kissed the other helper there. Phones go off at, uh, at weddings, don't they? Happened to me once. I was my first, uh, my first officiating at a, at a wedding. My, my phone went off, and I tried to make it look like it was uh, actually Priscilla's phone going off, and nobody bought it. Other times, we have seen some things that, that can go wrong, do go wrong on that very special day, and, and this story here, this historical account of Jesus' first miracle at the wedding in Cana is no different. To run out of, out of uh, wine at a wedding was an embarrassment for the father. It, it just didn't happen. And unlike our weddings today where we'll have a ceremony and then we'll embark somewhere for a reception and it is done in a matter of hours, the Jewish weddings, I don't know if you knew this, but they can go on, they went on for a week at this time. 
a whole week. I see some mothers rolling their eyes. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. <laughs> a whole week. And so they would be drinking wine the whole time. That was a staple with the meals that they were eating, the food and the wine. And to run out of wine, this was no good. No good at all. Now I'm going to hold you there for a moment because as we take a look at our uh, other readings from the Holy Bible this morning, marriage is a theme that came up in our Isaiah reading. And the theme in that is that like a precious bride, God will nurture, protect, and provide for you, Jerusalem. Like a precious bride. Sadly, I think we've lost that that image in marriage in the Western world this day. So many failures. So many times that maybe that isn't looked at as, as precious, though it ought to be. And our Father in heaven writes through his prophets saying that I'm going to treat you, Jerusalem, like a precious bride, my most treasured person. I will deliver you. Why? So that nations will see you, Jerusalem, as set apart, special, because God is with you. And that's the other thing that I want us to think about over and over and over again throughout this sermon and and throughout the next few days, and that is special, set apart, special, set apart for his glory. To the Corinthians, Paul writes a letter, and he talks about many, many gifts, doesn't he? Many gifts. Gifts by the Holy Spirit, wisdom, healing, preaching. All of these gifts are given. They are given by the Spirit, and each gift is to be used to point to God. Isaiah, I will bless you. I will treat you like a, like a beautiful bride. I will deliver you, Jerusalem. It will be like a, a royal diadem. You know what a diadem is? I had to look it up. Yeah, it's, it's like a crown. It's more than a tiara, but it's a half crown. And it's, it's, it shows, uh, well, <laughs> dearness. It's for a woman, and, it, and it's around her head, and sometimes it was adorned with pearls and jewels and all these things. Set apart, special. The Holy Spirit gives you gifts, gives us gifts, set apart, special, for us to use for ourselves? No. To use as he would have them use that it would point to him. Now what are some of these gifts that we see that we are given? Well, look around this room. Look in the mirror. Okay, let's look to Hollywood. Well, they're telling us how special they are, are they not? Let's look into our advertising. 
They're telling us what is special and what gifts we should have. And yes, let's look on the news. They're telling us what is special and what makes a man or makes a woman a perfect woman. Now, all of these things that we have, our physical features, our brains, our intellect, these are gifts. They're gifts. And they ought not be used to focus on the internal person, but to be given out, to put the focus on God the Father and on his son, Jesus Christ. That is the whole point. Special and set apart. Now back to the wedding. We know that Jesus and his disciples are there and Mary is there at a little tiny town, of a map dot, a dot on a map of no consequence. And Jesus is there. He must have known the bride and the groom, and Mary must have known the bride and the groom. We can deduct that because Mary had some authority. She was helping to serve. It wasn't like she was catering the uh, you know, side business or anything like that. She was there to help, and we can see through the Scripture that she had some authority over the servants. We know through the Scripture that people were drinking, We know that through the scripture that it was common for people to drink too much. Not everybody, it didn't say that, but Jesus was around people that had been drinking and they ran out of wine. Now, we don't really know how or why they, 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 they ran out of wine. Obviously, we know how. They, people drank it. But it could have been that maybe these were poor people. It could have been one person suspected that, well, Jesus and his buddies were there, and so they were drinking. They weren't accounted for. It was a tight budget. I asked, has anyone been to a wedding? Has anyone <laughs> planned a wedding? for their <laughs> Right? You got a budget, and how many people that you're going to invite, and who's sitting there? Oh, things haven't changed. The point is, is that they were out of wine, and Jesus' mother comes to him and tells him, now, some people would say, well, this is a perfect example of obey your mother and father, right? Well, it is. It is that. But that wasn't the point of Jesus being there. And that's why he said to his mother, mother, what a concern is this of, or woman, rather, <laughs> what concern of it is my, uh, this of mine? This is not why I'm here. She didn't discuss it. At least we don't hear a back and forth. And so, in faith... She goes to the servants and says, do what he tells you to do. How unusual. How unusual. Do what he tells you to do. Separate and special. She knew he would do something. She needed the wine and he knew that he would do it, even though that wasn't why he came. But two things were solved in his miracle, and this is the first miracle of his ministry, by having this water turn into wine. And that was that, well, his mother was happy, the groom was happy, the people were happy, and his 
disciples who had been following him, who came to him in faith, now their faith was being built up by this miracle. And we know that the miracles just keep coming in the three years that culminate in the final miracle, which he did upon that cross and three days later coming out of the tomb. Jesus was set apart and special. And we see that here. Jesus glorified to the Father with this miracle that he had and that he performed. It didn't point to him, it pointed to God. Now, the irony here is that Jesus takes simple things. Did you catch that the size of these, these uh, jars? When I think of a jar, I think of a mason jar. I ain't real big. 20 to 30 gallons, they suppose, times six. That's 120 to 180 gallons of wine. That's a lot of wine. And we know that it was brought to the individual that was running the, uh, the banquet to taste. And he says, this is the best. Most people give out the good stuff first, and then when everybody's got their palate just destroyed, then we bring out the cheap stuff. But you brought the best out right now. That's interesting to me as a, well, you know, (laughs) I've drank wine. Anyone else here drank wine before? You know, do you you even have a favorite wine? I mean, I'm not trying to, you know, embarrass anybody here, but you know, there's certain wines that Chase and I have had over the years, and, you know, those are our favorites. And, you know, it's a champagne uh, taste on a root beer budget, right? You know? But, it, but it's good. It's good. Um, this was perfect wine. This was wine that God made. Perfect. Wouldn't you like to have tasted that? Well, you will. <laughs> Someday, you will. But isn't it interesting... Out of vessels, Jesus takes this water out of these vessels that were, I don't know if they were washing their hands in the vessel, but that water was what it was for. The Jews would wash their hands before dinner, and they'd wash their hands after dinner, and they'd also take that water and wash dishes, the outside and the inside of the cups and all that. I mean, this was, you'd walk by and go, well, there's the water in case you want to wash your hands, and you just keep going along. But no, out of that simple thing, hmm. Out of that simple thing, Jesus took regular water and turned it into something wonderful. The Word took regular water, faith, and turned it into something beautiful. In fact, he took something that made you ceremonially clean at one time and turned it into something that makes you eternally clean. How about that? Separate and special. You may notice I went down to the baptismal and dipped my fingers in there as I want to do on every Sunday. And the reason why I do that is not because my hands are dirty, but because I want to point to you to you towards Christ and towards your baptism and that the fact that is that we are not or we're not baptized 
but we are baptized. We walk wet every day. Common water combined with your faith, a gift from the Holy Spirit, and his word makes you eternally clean and clothed in him, separate and special. And a foretaste of the feast to come. Every Sunday we have that here. Some people go, oh, every Sunday it takes so long. I say, not having the banquet is like, yeah, Jesus, we don't really need your presence here this, this week. Because, you know, we got to get going. This is the foretaste of the feast to come. A feast that would make Cana look silly. And we are invited to that table. Separate and special to feast with that king eternally. These are the good gifts. These things that we look forward to through these sacraments by what he did on that cross is the manifestation of the promise that he made to Jerusalem and that is I will set you apart. I will treat you like a bride. Your land will produce in our psalmist this morning blessed is the man at his table, his wife, his children like sprouts abundance upon abundance he's promised he's made them throughout and he made good on it on that cross giving us a deposit through the sacrament of the altar and through our baptism separate and special did you know that that's what you are in his eyes may he give us eyes to see all people even that person is separate and special. In the name of Jesus, amen.
you please stand? Let us now confess together our faith with the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell, and on the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen. Let us pray. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the peace of the whole world, and for the well-being of the church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the grace to receive the word of God with joy, for repentance from all sins, and for the aid of the Holy Spirit to amend our sinful lives. Let us pray to the Lord. For holiness of life and speech, for grace to live out fully the promise of our baptism into Christ, for all needful gifts of the Spirit in our vocation as God's servants, and for the will and desire serve the Lord with joy. Let us pray to the Lord. For the renewal of the church, for strong and faithful leaders who will inspire us to follow the Lord's bidding, and for faithful pastors and church workers who honor their special vocations with diligence for God's kingdom and love for his people, let us pray to the Lord. For the government and those who protect us in this place, for our own good citizenship, for the promotion of virtue in our land, and for an end to a culture of indifference to the sacredness of life and our failure to protect the unborn, the aged, and the frail. Let us pray to the Lord. For the family, for the homes in which our people dwell, for faithful husbands and wives, for the children in our care, for the grieving in their loss, for all women with child, for those who have suffered miscarriage, for those unable to conceive. Let us pray to the Lord. For those afflicted in mind or body, for the aged and infirm, for the widow and orphan, for the imprisoned 
and the persecuted because of faith. And for those for whom our prayers have been requested and for those named in our hearts or out loud right now, We pray that they may know the comfort and healing of God's grace to to sustain them to the day of the resurrection. Let us pray to the Lord. For faith to receive the good wine of Christ's blood and the good bread of his body. For the Spirit to prepare us for this holy communion. For an end to all divisions, for unity of doctrine, and for the will and desire to love God above all, love our neighbors as Christ has loved us. Let us pray to the Lord. For those who have departed this life in faith and now rest in God's nearer presence, let us give thanks for our struggle in faith in this mortal life that they may neither grow weary nor despair of the hope God has placed in us. And for the blessed reunion in the eternal wedding feast of the Lamb in his kingdom without end, let us pray to the Lord. And into your hands, O Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. May the peace of the Lord be with you all. Let us share the peace.
I just have to interrupt this for a second, but that, what Liz was just playing was Mark Schultz, I believe that's in one of the most gifted uh, pianists that I've heard and a lot of inspiration. Tracy and I have taken a lot of comfort through Mark Schultz, so thank you for playing that. You didn't ask me or tell me or anything, but you know, we, what, there's a gift that is freely given. And, and she doesn't point to herself, does she? I mean, that, thank you for witnessing that too, Liz. Thank you. Will you please stand? Pray with me. Oh, Lord, excuse me. Blessed are you. Oh, Lord, our God. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is indeed right and salutary that we should at all times and in all places offer thanks and praise to you, O Lord, Holy Father, through Christ our Lord, sharing our life he lived among us to reveal your glory and love and that our darkness should give away to his own brilliant light. And so, with the church on earth and the hosts of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy. night in which our Lord and Savior Jesus was betrayed. He took the bread and he gave thanks and then he broke it, giving it to his disciples saying, take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And again after supper, Jesus took the cup and he gave thanks and then he gave it to his disciples saying, Take and drink. This is the new covenant in my blood shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. For we know that as often as we eat of this bread and drink of this cup, that we proclaim Christ's death and his resurrection and his triumphant coming again. Let us now pray the prayer that Jesus gave to us, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us, 
God gave us Jesus, his very best. God gave us Jesus, who was separate and special. Special and separate. And he gave it, him to you and to me, his children, who are special and separate from this world. Now I heard you, and I know you, and I know that you believe and confess with your lips that Jesus is your Savior, and that there is no other way to heaven except through him. And so this feast is for those who believe, for those who confess. Come, the table is prepared. You may be seated.
Separate and special. That's what you are. That's how God sees you. And again, may we see each other in that way too. I heard another little ditty, and I shared it yesterday. I'll share it again today. In this world, we hear all kinds of schemes. Get rich quick. Do you want to get rich quick right now? Do you want to get rich quick right now? I mean, come on, shake your head. Yeah, of course you do. Who doesn't? Count your blessings. Count your blessings. You are rich. Because you're special and separate. And now the benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and grant you his peace. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our last Sending him is leaning on the everlasting arms.